This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Hey, buddy. Hey. Hey. How you doing today? Oh, well, I want to ask you for what I want. Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> What do you want? What I want is to do a great episode today. Oh, shit. I will. <laughs> I will make sure that happens. Can you do that for me? I will do my best. I'll definitely say that. Today's episode is how to ask for what you want. It is one of the things we have talked about is like truly asking for what you want, whether that be at work or your relationship or in the bedroom with your family. And the number one question people keep saying is, how do I do that? How do I do it? You know, and I have to say... It doesn't surprise me much that people struggle with that, especially women. What? Shocked to hear that. Shocked, right? I just feel like women are so socialized to put other people's needs before their own. And so not only are we not taught to ask for what we want, but sometimes we don't even know what we want. So and I think that was like the main question we got here today. Yeah, because I can't even tell you the amount of times especially in couples therapy, where I'm like, well, what were you looking for in that instance? You know, like, what would you want in that situation? And they, you know, so quickly, uh, partners are able to say, this is what I don't want. Well, I'm like, well, what do you want? Mm -hmm. It's so much more difficult to be able to attend to what you actually want. Yeah. So let's get into it. Okay. So uh, I think I we're, we got so many listener questions. We're going to sort of go through the episode with questions, I would say, right, to guide this conversation so we can try to get through them all. 
And let's start with the first one. How do I get started at this? It's tough to even begin, let alone ask directly and explicitly. So I think we have to start with to ask for what you want. You need to know what you want to need. Yes. And I think the big issue here, one, is that we were not trained to actually be in tune with ourselves enough to understand our needs and our wants, right? Oh, yeah. So if I don't know those, I definitely can't ask for them. So the first thing you need to do before you focus on asking for it is understanding too. And this is, in my belief, for many of us, is inner dialogue work, right? Of saying to yourself... In this moment, what I need is peace. In this moment, what I need is a hug. In this moment, what I need is someone to talk me down. Truly, how do I start to be in touch with what I need based on my emotions and how to de-escalate your own and re-regulate your own emotional um, state to be able to be in tune with that? I think it's especially hard for those of us who maybe grew up in an environment where we weren't getting what we needed in order to regulate those emotions, yep. right? We talk a lot about co-regulation and how being with other people can really help us regulate our emotions, especially when we're children, right? That we look to our caregivers to help us regulate. I'm sure that happens with Millie. <laughs> I would yeah, guess. I mean, when, she, when she's totally overwhelmed and she's having like a meltdown, I can choose to have a meltdown alongside with her, which right. I have done before. Right. Or I can choose to actively take a minute to calm myself, have that's like an active conscious decision, and then to enter in and give her and like co-regulate and co-breathe together. And so what happens is then you learn, okay, right now in this moment, I could really use a hug, right? You learn like, okay, that was really helpful for me. When I'm really upset, I need that co-regulation. I could ask for a hug mm-hmm. or I need my space, right? Something you said, which I think is so amazing that Millie, didn't Millie say to someone like, I want to be alone or like, don't touch me. <laughs> <laughs> There's a girl in her class that is like, she's like a wild child. Like this kid is like so cute and so adorable, but she's super intense, right? So the second we walk into the school, this girl's like hi Millie like right in her fucking face and like she Millie is truly she's very very different than me she is very slow to warm she's probably your child yes and I feel that in my soul <laughs> so she said don't touch me and I would like some space <laughs> as soon as this girl came up in the classroom <laughs> and so my husband was who was bringing her in that day said okay we'll go read a book and sit down and so she goes and that's like what she knows and her teachers know that like Millie to calm herself reads books by herself but That, I have to say, is such a testament to your parenting because I wish that someone told me that was okay, that that was okay. And no one ever like it was always taught to me. Put a smile on your face. Make sure the other person feels comfortable. Mm -hmm. That is the most important thing. And so instead of being able to set boundaries for myself as a child, I would just cry. Yeah, because I didn't you know, you didn't know what else to do. I did. I wasn't taught the language to say what I needed or know what I needed because it wasn't okay for me to be able to express that. Yeah. So, yeah. So with Millie, so it's so interesting, right? Because like we give we say like, well, what do you need right now? And like we also like but also like Millie's the kid that like my husband's like, let's take some deep breaths. And she actually does it. (laughs) Like my mom got her meditation Barbie for Christmas. So what does meditation Barbie look like? like, What's doing? (gasps) Take a deep breath in. Barbie says that? Barbie says that. Barbie speaks? Barbie speaks. It's so creepy. She has like a fucking heart chakra button on. No. Um, (laughs) 
and she'll say like like imagine your thoughts as waves no they go in and come out why do I suddenly sound which you know I sound like is like in Fighting Nemo where it's like I can speak whale that's what I sound like so like so what but also Jen I think that's also a testament that like shit's just different now there was no meditation Barbie when we were kids I wish I don't know what I would do with meditation Barbie what would you do with your Barbie would you have Barbies growing up I had Barbies my brother popped all of their heads off so I didn't have Barbies for too long and then my mom like had me get like collector Barbies that like I never took out of the boxes one of them I have one of them now that's worth like seventy dollars wow I know you know what you know I can retire you know what I had (laughs) you know what I had in a box um, the princess die beanie baby. Okay, I I literally have that. My I just my parents just brought like two tubs of beanie babies to Goodwill, and the princess die was in there. Yeah, I, what's she worth now? Probably nothing. Fifteen dollars. But, but we but thought we thought <laughs> that was, print, that that was going to be a good one. It yeah. wasn't. Yeah, I think we thought all beanie babies were going to be collector's items. They, that's how they sold it to you. I know that worked. They're like, this is going to pay for your kid's college fund. Make sure to go stand in line at the hotel gift shop down the street. And remember um, <laughs> Furby? Of course I remember Furby. I'm still frightened by Furby. <laughs> okay. Furby, I think I took the like batteries out and he was still making noise in the closet. Can you? Okay. Are you going to make me t- talk about lawn? <laughs> Can we talk about lawn? Okay. This has nothing to do with how to ask for what you want. At all. I have to take deep breaths because I need meditation Barbie right now. This is the part of the episode where everyone turns it off. Yes, understandably (laughs) so. So my grandmother used to work at a like a vintage kind of sale place. And she brought home this doll named Lon. And who named it Lon? I don't I think I think so it said used to say its own name. It used to say I'm Lon. Oh, that's fucking horrifying. And so eventually Lon started to scare us. And I believe (laughs) that we ripped her voice box out and you would be able to hear (laughs) from our basement after we tried to like bury Lon. It would say, I am Lon. No. Haunting me. (laughs) And so if I were to be able to ask for what I needed as a child, I would have said, Please do something about Lon. She's scaring me and I cannot sleep. For the love of God. Do you feel like like parents weren't having a conversation about coping skills when we were young? Don't you wish they were? Like with my kid, I'm like, here's your calming corner. It's here's so- your chill place right because you know you can't do timeouts because like research doesn't support it that's not a so, thing no so everyone has like calming corners right how she feel about that my child literally asked me to put timeout because other kids get timeout at daycare and so sounds nice i was just gonna say <laughs> so like- she's like she'll be like put me in timeout i'm like you're confused about what this is but mainly because she's like, fuck everyone. I don't want to be near. I totally people. respect that. That's like that. my daughter's dream by herself. I respect that. So I mean, I she's she your daughter. She is my daughter. I yeah, think I birthed her. Mine. But that's a good thing to think about is like, how can you make a common corner for yourself as an adult? Anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner, the planning, the shopping, the prep, figuring out the timing? (laughs) It's a little heavy to carry, huh? Same. That's why I am so grateful for Hungry Root. The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. 
When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Oat will get to know you, what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable, so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids' snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item from my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, lemon pepper chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. you got to try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's got to taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. Did you know that billions of plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles end up in landfills every year? I used to contribute to that waste, constantly buying single-use plastic cleaning products without giving it much thought. But then I discovered Blue Land, and it has been a game changer. Blue Land has helped me eliminate the need for single-use plastic and the products I reach for the most. They are reinventing cleaning essentials. Their approach is simple yet revolutionary. Refillable cleaning products with a sleek design that not only looks great on your counter, but also reduces plastic waste significantly. What I love most is the convenience. With Blueland, I never worry about running out of cleaning supplies or lugging bulky bottles from the store. From hand soap to toilet bowl cleaner to laundry tablets that each smell incredible, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. I was blown away when I received my first Blueland order. I immediately filled the bottles with water and their tablets, which was so easy to try everything out. And the ingredients are clean, the scents are refreshing, and the packaging is just so cute. Blueland is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine. If you you're ready to make a positive change for the planet without sacrificing cleanliness or convenience, Blueland has you covered. Blueland has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash shrinkchicks. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash shrinkchicks for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash shrinkchicks to get 15% off. Okay, so here's it. So let's go back to what do I need? So you probably were taught this in childhood, but now how do you find out? And sometimes here's the really unpopular answer. It's trial and error. Yeah. Sometimes it's pushing yourself to go out when you want to stay in. Sometimes it's uh, pushing yourself to not fill up space when you want to stay busy. Sometimes it is staying home when you feel like FOMO for doing something. Right. So like part of this is like trial and error. How do I feel when I'm actively trying to regulate my emotions what am I saying to myself what is the ongoing dialogue in my head and once I can figure that out for myself we're then able to ask our partner our boss anyone else in our life to also help us with that and take note of it right like take note of like how you're feeling in these situations what you need in these situations. Sometimes we're, you know, we're just like going about life. We're not really being internal about the things that are working for us and the things that aren't working for us. Yeah. And so as you take note of the things that are working for you, you can bring that into your relationships. I also think, I mean, I think for me, one of the things that was always difficult about this is like, I have always, you're someone who has like known yourself from an early age, but it was kind of shoved down. Right. For me though, I didn't have that. And I was just like, that person did that thing. So I want to do that too, right? So like, I just assumed 
because Charlie did this to help themselves. That's what I, I don't know what Charlie, right, that's okay. what I love that. <laughs> it worked out. <laughs> but like, that's what I should do too, right? So for me, like I always just sort of copied other people yeah. and then couldn't figure out why it didn't work for me. I think that's a, there's a big lesson in that. Other people are not you. What's the lesson? <laughs> I think so often we see something working for someone else, like whether it's in business, whether it's coping skills, whether it's in relationships. And we're like, when I I know they're like, when, when I do that, it's, it doesn't, it's not working for me. It's not, doesn't feel the same, right. That we feel like, okay, if I'm doing this the same way, the other person is doing it, why isn't it working in the same way? Mm. It's because they're not you. Yeah. So, okay. So that, so one is figuring out what that is. So maybe let's talk about like some actual like tangible examples. Right. Right. So like, okay, if you have a highly social job where you're you're managing a lot of people with a lot of people, it might mean that when you walk into your home in the evening, you need space. That might even be from your dog. That might even be from your never, never space from your dog. (laughs) I want my dog to be around me all the time. I know. But sometimes you're not. My dog needs space from me. Sometimes you're not like, come on, man. Like, no, never. Never. I just want him to like lick my face and lay on my chest. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> no, I admit mean, that's great. At least is, I know what I need. Yeah, at least you know what you need, right? Like, okay, so like Jen needs a weighted blanket and her dog. But, but so I think part of this, oh my God, I'm tangled up in things. I'm so distracted by you making a dog. Only that's such a white person thing to do, don't you think? Yes. Hard to say. <laughs> As white people. I know, sure. right? Hard to say. But I think that's a really good example is like, you know, if if you have a job that's very social and knowing what your social capacity is, yeah. right? And if you go home and your partner tries to talk to you and you're like, I cannot talk to anyone mm-hmm. right now, right? That if you don't know that you need that space in the moment, you might be more reactive to your partner rather than saying, I know I had a really long day of talking to people and I need space to myself. And because of that, I'm going to go home and I'm going to set a boundary or I'm, I'm going to say to them, listen, I had a really long day. I know right now I need some space. The communication part, I think, is really important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Instead, if you don't know what you need, you go home. Your partner's like, hey, good to see you. Let me ask you all these questions. And you're like, give me some space. Yeah. Right. And that's where it ends up being part of it, a little bit of an issue. So, well, that's the reaction versus the response. Exactly. Right. So, like, I mean, it's even thinking about there was a point in my life when I would have conflict with other people. I always felt like I was like, I got to process with someone. I got to call someone on the phone and talk it out. Right. It wasn't actually processing. I was emotionally dumping and I was just trying to ease my own anxiety and deactivate myself while sub- to try to get someone else to do that. But like it never actually worked. Right. Because then all of a sudden I'm getting other people's uh, opinions and they're side with me and they're aligning and they're like actually elevating it even more. And so like one of the things I've also learned is like if I have conflict with someone, I need to not process it. I need to internally go through it. Then I maybe process with only one person and I ask for what I need. So like I just want to say this out loud or I want your advice on this or I'm, I'm wondering you like, you know, I really respect you. But like if you're just but this used to be a thing that I was so uncomfortable sitting in those difficult feelings, I would want to call someone to put it like yes. almost diffuse it. Oh, yeah. I'm the opposite. <laughs> I don't know if you can guess that. <laughs> Big Wait, shocker. So yours used to be that you like don't talk to anyone about it. And now yes, what do you do? Exactly. OK, that's a perfect example. Yeah. So mine would be I would completely shove it down. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't talk to anyone. Don't let anyone in. Now, I still something that I 
found is really helpful that I did learn from shoving all my emotions down is being able to process it myself first, which is something that I've always done. But I think something I've learned to do is then talk to someone Mm -hmm. about my feelings, whether if I'm upset about something, go directly to the source um, or if I need someone to like bounce ideas off of, go to that person to talk to them. But I think another thing that's important in that to say is, do you have the space for this, right? Like, is this something that you can take on right now? So I have learned that not only do I need my space, but I also need to let other people in to be there with me Mm -hmm. in those emotions so that I don't feel so alone. Okay. So let's talk about actually asking for what you need. Yes. So first you're going to figure out what you need and want and who you need and want it from. The number one thing I think it's important for people to realize is not everyone. What Jen just talked about was like sometimes people don't have it. If my partner needs something from me and I had a really, really tough day, there's going to be times where I don't have it. That has nothing to do with my partner. It has everything to do with me. It's not a rejection of them, but it may feel like it. So there's going to be times that you ask for what you need and it's not there. And that does not mean it was wrong of you to ask. It does not mean you shouldn't ask again. It means that we have to be realistic that every person is complex human beings that sometimes it's just not there. And also, if they're allowed to set that boundary, it also means times when somebody comes to me, I'm allowed to set that boundary too. Oh, yeah. That's what you need to remember is sometimes when someone else sets a boundary, it feels like such a it feels like such an affront and like such a rejection. But like also it gives us permission to remember that we should also honor our own boundaries and say no. And I think the key there, too, is that you're asking and saying, do you have space for this? Can you give this to me? Right. As opposed to demanding, Mm -hmm. as opposed to expecting. And so. The asking piece, I think, is really important because you're saying, do you have space for this without saying you have to give this to me? Right. Because that lends itself to a bit of codependency that the only way I can regulate my emotions is if you do something for me. A really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil, keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is, of course, the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty-free and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I used this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post-construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that Pros takes into consideration with their customization 
location. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash chicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash chicks. That's P-R-O-S-E.com slash chicks. I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on their accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. Somebody wrote in how to do this when you hate confrontation. And I think one of the things is that that's also a mindset change. This is not confrontation. Asking for what you need is not confrontation. Confrontation is, bitch, you're my parking spot. I saved that spot. It's confrontation, right? Saying like, hey, I live in Philly lately. (laughs) Only in snow season. I shoved that spot, right? That's what you do in Philadelphia, right? So like, so that's a confrontation. What's not a confrontation is, hey, I really need to talk to you about the dog walking schedule and how we can find something that works really well for both of us. Could we sit down and discuss that? Beautifully said. Not a confrontation at all. But But I wonder the person asking this, right? How was asking for what you need modeled growing up for you? What did that look was like it a for reaction? you? Was it a reaction? Right. Or can you walk the fucking dog sometimes? Right. Like, is that the way that it was portrayed in your family? Because then, of course, asking for what you need, the expectation is that there is going to be some sort of confrontation when yeah. the hope is that when you are in a healthy relationship, whether it's friendship, whether it's romantic relationship, whether it's family relationships, that you are allowed to say, this is what I would want in this relationship. Well, it also brings up something else we've talked about before, which is the meta communication. You're also allowed to say, I'm feeling really nervous to ask this of you. And still, I'm like making myself bring it up, like be vulnerable. Like it's okay to sit here and say like, this is a really hard thing for me to do. Because I think that also can... I think there's two things. One, it can sometimes de-escalate the other person we're asking. And there's other times where it can they'll be like, oh, God, what? Yes. And if you get the, oh, God, what? You're allowed to say like, oh, man, like now I really don't know if to ask, you know, like. Or, you- or right, like, or it seems like you're not in the space for this right yeah. now. And I want to ask you at a time in which we are both in the space to be able to have this conversation mm-hmm. in a healthy way. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And sometimes we would recommend, right? Because like during the week, if you have stressful jobs, if you're coming home, like it is hard to have those conversations. If we're being honest, like it's just, oh my gosh, it's hard. And so sometimes you have to, sometimes you have to schedule it. I know that can be anxiety provoking, but if you could say like, Hey, on Sunday, like, can we get breakfast? I just, you know, want to chat, talk about how we're doing regroup. Mm-hmm. And in those conversations, you're kind of relaxed set the stage okay so somebody Mm -hmm. said how to stop letting how i think they'll respond from me expressing myself i think this is a really good point if you write a story in your head about how the other person is going to respond that's not fair they didn't get a say here they didn't even get to be a part of that story and narrative that you've written right so i think the thing you have to say is like it is not fair for me to make assumptions, jump to conclusions, or write stories about other people in my life without them getting to be a part of it. And I think that's such a natural thing that we do as a way to like prep for these conversations, right? Where we think about- Role play it out. Role play it out. It's like all the possibilities, all the anxiety that comes up around that. Well, if they respond like this, then I'm going to respond like this, right? That like we try to prep for that. But sometimes in our overthinking of that, we it, we build it up way more and we end up getting to the point where we're like, OK, this feels way too big. I'm not even going to say anything mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. we're building it up so much in our minds. It's supposed to be protective for you the way in which your mind is working in that way. Right. Like, well, if I prep for this conversation, then maybe I could protect myself from them getting angry or it turning into a blow up fight. But in the end, you end up overthinking it and you might end up not sharing because of the amount that you are thinking about it. Yeah. Okay, how to navigate my fear of being judged for what I'm asking for. The what? So what are you worried that they'll, what's the judgment you're yeah. worried about? That you're needy? It's always needy. And uh, my question. You're too would, much. You're, right. I'm asking for too much. I'm, I'm too needy. I'm too much. I'll be rejected. Right. What's the fear? And let us just say, just because you have needs does not mean that you're needy. You are supposed to have needs in your relationship. That and is, you're like, yeah, it's like every human being. That's part of being in a relationship. And so having needs does not mean you're needy. Maybe we should just destigmatize needy. Well, I think then we do you just need to destigmatize needs. I mean, let's be honest, then needy, if we talk about it in terms of a sexist, misogynistic frame, do we really call men needy that often? No. Okay. Well, how often are women called needy? All the time. And I would say that was, you Maybe know, it's because heterosexual motherfuckers ever met our needs. Right. <laughs> Probably hey make it. <laughs> if I'm hungry and you don't feed me, I'm going to get hungrier. <laughs> and then we're, and then women are gaslit. Yeah. To Why, say, what? Why oh, do you no. eat so much? Well, I don't know. I, man. I serve myself a long time. And you're like, well, I'm doing everything perfect. You must be needy. Yep. Right. And it's almost an excuse to not do more in the relationship. Yep. Just yep, do yep, yep. more. But, oh, another thing I was going to yeah. say about that is, are you judging yourself for those needs that you have? Like, mm-hmm. think about the ways in which you are placing judgments on your own needs. And because how much of that are you projecting onto the other person? Yeah. Okay. I like this question. How to practice letting go of guilt when asking for it? Here's what I think about. In my experience with emotions, guilt is fleeting. Resentment is not. Whew. Say it again. Guilt is fleeting. Resentment is not. Beautiful. I, I can feel guilty like 30,000 times a day. I grew up, you know, <laughs> like, right? Like, I want, like, it's like really easy for me to feel guilty. It's like a fucking core emotion I have. <laughs> easy for me to go there. 
It's also easy for me to get past it. Resentment is not. So the thing is, we cannot help you to stop feeling your feelings. I know it's the number one thing you want your therapist to do. Every therapist. We can't do that. But. Wish we could. I know, me too. But what I want to invite you to do is to say, which is more painful to sit in? How painful is it for me to sit in guilt or sit in resentment and anger? How painful, how distressing are these different things? Why am I okay? Why am I okay with sitting in pain and discomfort myself, but not towards other people? And it goes back to the way in which we've been socialized to put other people before ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. For many people, yeah. Where guilt comes from this sense of I'm not supposed to need these things. How to not shut down when someone doesn't have the capacity to help. Okay. Yes. I would. I first want you to ask yourself, what is the feeling that's coming up that is causing you to shut down? Because shutting down is a reaction to a feeling. Yep. What is the feeling? Is it rejection? Do you feel abandoned? Really dig into what that is bringing up for you when someone is not responding to what you need. Was that the question? Was it responding to what you need? Yes. Yeah. And so, have the capacity to help. Yes. And, so, an, yeah. and another another thing I would want you to ask yourself is when has that feeling come up for you growing up? When has that feeling come up for you in your relationship? Is it something that's consistent? Right. So, I, I think something to address is if your partner is all, it never has the capacity to be there for you. It's a problem. It's a problem, right? If it's every now and then, right? Like life gets in the way. You have a lot of things going on. Your partner's a, a human being who's struggling with their own stresses. They're not going to be able to be there for you at all times. But if it's if it's a, a consistent thing that's happening and it is a pattern and you are consistently shutting down because in expressing, oh, I feel rejected or abandoned or, or it's it's just something that keeps happening, then that's that's a relational thing to be able to discuss. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Also, if you think about, is this something that came up in my childhood? What is this bringing up for me that feels so incredibly painful? And what are you doing with this feeling? If shutting down is the way in which you typically deal with rejection, then it might mean that you choose to do something else with that feeling. That doesn't mean react in anger, but it means how do you process it and then bring it back to the relationship and say, hey, you know, I understand that was a, a, a tough time for me to ask for what I needed. Is there another time we can talk about it? Do you have space for me at another time, right? To really find the space to get what you need. Okay, I really like this one. How to differentiate what you want versus what you need. I want flowers every day. I need my partner to emotionally show up for me. Oof. I want flowers every day too. Yeah, but you don't need it. Who says? You tell me. That's true. I don't need it. <laughs> Definitely. I don't think you need it, babe. I right? don't need it. So part of this goes to is like, what is long term sustainable for a relationship? It feels amazing to have these big grand gestures. But I know for most of us, it's about what happens daily more than what happens once in a while. I think, you know, it might be a interesting part of this is like household chores. 
What, what do you mean? Like if someone's saying like, I, you know, I want the house to be or look a certain way or as opposed to like, I need things. Like I so often hear people arguing over, you know, people who want things a very specific way in their household, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's dishes being done. I always hear about the like the dishwasher being loaded in a certain way. You ever heard that? Yes, I have. Does that bother you at all? I love loading the dishwasher in a very <laughs> specific way. But also my partner does it exactly the same way. So it's truly not a problem. Oh, but if they didn't, is that something you would want or something you know? No, need? I would just be thrilled someone else was doing the dishes. I don't like doing the dishes. Doing I, don't, the dishes. I, mean, I don't like putting it in the dishwasher. I like scrubbing. But so no, I would have no problem with that. I would so much rather put them in the dishwasher. I find the scrubbing what do you mean? You could see it go from dirty to clean. It's instant gratification. It's lovely. I hate. Like scrubbing the counters. I love wiping the counters off. Ah, oh, my least favorite thing. What's your favorite thing? I love loading the dishwasher and I love unloading the dishwasher and I like folding laundry. I hate putting laundry it, away. Nobody likes folding laundry. Well, you can watch TV while you do it. Okay, that is truly really true. <laughs> Who likes unloading the dishwasher? Me. I don't know why. Feels satisfying. Okay, well, that, but that, that's the instant gratification I'm talking about. Talking? That's what I'm saying. I'm from New York. From New York. That's what I'm saying. I understand. No, I completely understand. Right? You can see it full and then it's closed. Totally. But I don't, I don't know what this need, has to do with wants yeah, and nothing, needs. Nothing. Okay. <laughs> Keep going. I like this one a lot. Uh-huh. How to ask in a natural way, not just a way that sounds good in therapy. Is that directed directly at us? Probably. <laughs> You're literally asking a therapist this question. Okay, so, wait. Let me think about this in a natural way. All right. So, like for me, we don't know how to be natural. We don't know how to be natural anymore. I know, right? Okay. So for me, natural would be like, hey, dude, I'm dead today. Dude, add dude into it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like for me, like, like, but like actually, that's what I'm saying to my yeah. husband. Hey, dude totally dead today i have seven clients in a row i know i'm gonna come home kind of dead i really need a half hour by myself when i first get home and i know millie's gonna be excited to see me and i know it's dinner time and i know it's craziness but like i really need to be able to like walk upstairs change my clothes wash my face pee you know like like so like for me it would be like really casual and and it's not about what the, he's not doing right right so like the best natural way is like not an attack on someone else just about yourself, which I think is really uncomfortable because I think for some of us, it ends up coming naturally in an unhealthy way when it's like, dude, could you just like give me five fucking minutes? Well, the thing that you do that I think once again is really important is that you already know that because you had so many clients, you know that you're going to be dead by yeah. the end of that day. And so you have already gone through this. And so you've prepped earlier in the day to be able to have that conversation with yes. him. And say, listen, this is going to be a really tough day for me. But if you don't know that, yeah. right, at the end of the day, you hard. get home and you're just like, oh, my, right? Like, you're that's so the, much more reactive. Yes, yeah, that's the reactivity, right? So it's much easier to prevent preventive medicine, right? It's much easier yes. to pre-be in tune with yourself. And I think that that's part of knowing what you need, being in tune with yourself to know, like, what really is depleting for you. I'm going to say that is when I have had the most success with communicating my needs. Yes, when I do preventively. It, when it, right when I do it earlier in the day and I think I'm let me just say I am not a planner in general I don't plan for things it is not part of my personality obviously I have to to be a business owner to do my job to be able to function in the world but I have learned that 
planning how like knowing myself and really knowing how I'm going to feel at the end of the day and planning conversations before that has been incredibly helpful for me. Okay, this leads into a dear Emma Jim. Oh, I'm into it. All right. Dear Emma Jim, my boyfriend's mother makes me really anxious, nervous. I've (laughs) spoken up about it and he gets it. But how do I kindly ask that I want to stay home during their week long family vacation and or random dinners they plan? It may look to them like I'm not busy, but my mental space is so important. The the first thing that comes to my mind is because she said it may look to them like I'm not busy, but my mental space is important because it sounds like it's important for her to let them know that she's not going for a reason. Yeah. Or maybe that's the only way you're allowed to say no in that family, though. Right. Like, what are the like family the, rules? The family rules might be that, like, unless you are busy you are expected to be there, right? So what I would say is like, what's the expectations? And can you and your partner get on the same page about what the family expectations of, but then also what are just his expectations, right? So like the reality is, is you're in a relationship with him, not his family. And so you might upset his family, but how do you get on the same page with him about like what's expected? A week is a lot with someone else's family. A week is a lot with anyone. Yeah, we can so long with anyone, so long myself. Right. So like, right. So I think part of this is like, it sounds like your partner is, you said he gets it. So how much does he get it? Does he get it? But he also expects you to get over it. Does he get it? But he also is like, yeah, babe, like stay home. Doesn't matter. Like, so like, I, I would be interested to know, like he gets it. And then also, you know, sometimes at the beginning of a relationship, you're just in this like pleasing mode where we're just like giving and giving and giving. We're not really thinking about ourselves. Yeah, sometimes we set ourselves up for failure exactly. with that one. That seems a bit of a setup. So <laughs> I also wonder if you have been going on these week-long family vacations. My guess is this is not the first one you've been asked to go no, on. No, probably not. And so if the expectation was set of, oh, well, you go on these no matter what headspace you're in. Yeah. That sometimes it it. it can be emotionally challenging to change it, but it's so important because throughout your relationship, you are going to have to set and reset expectations as you grow. And that is part of you growing in a relationship and the two of you growing together, right? Where initially when you were going on these week-long family vacations, maybe you did have the headspace for it. Maybe you were so madly in love and like the honeymoon stage that it didn't matter that a week was yeah. driving you crazy with his family. But now, you know, you settled in. And in order to grow in the relationship, in order to feel like you can have your feet on the ground, be grounded and be able to be yourself in the relationship, it means that you also need to reset those expectations and express where you are in this moment with mm-hmm. his family. And that change might cause a little bit of conflict. Yep. But that is part of the growth. Absolutely. So if you enjoyed today's episode of Shrink Tricks. We always ask for you to rate, review, subscribe, follow on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can watch us on YouTube, follow us at Shrink Tricks, make an appointment with one of our amazing clinicians at the therapy group. If you live in uh, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, Massachusetts, California, Florida, Delaware. Beautiful. And mainly, we want you to know that to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. We'll see you next week.
Welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I'm your host, Erin Trelore. Ready to peer behind the highlight reel and all those polished pictures of the world's biggest influencers and wellness experts, we're going to uncover what beauty, health, and wellness truly means in today's world. Warning though, there will be no surface level conversations here. As someone who really struggled with disordered eating and negative body image after trying to check all those be healthy boxes, I became a health coach because I'm passionate about redefining health and wellness so that it's less about the weight on the scale and more about how we feel. I truly believe how you feel on the inside reflects out into every aspect of your life. So if you're ready to go below skin deep to tap into a whole other level of wellness, you're in the right place. Let's pull back the curtain for some raw beauty talks.